Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to give a big shout out to our new patrons over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. These guys are helping us to keep the show running, helping us to pay the creators, and are also incredibly cool people. Robert Murphy, Stephen Prizman, Salt Smith, and RS. You guys are cooler than the Arctic tundra, hotter than the surface of the sun, and sweller than Arnold Schwarzenegger at the Mr. Olympia 1980 bodybuilding competition. That's right, you're awesome. And you'll get access to ad-free early episodes, monthly exclusive episodes, get your name in all of the H&C books, and more. So if you're listening today and you think, I want to be as cool as these guys, you can become a patron from as little as a dollar a month over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Once more, that's patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Today's episode is Tentacle, written by John Crennan, and narrated by Alexandra Elroy. And so the job fell to me to start the machine that would end the world. I didn't much care for that word, machine. It felt like such a crude way to describe the miles of sophisticated cabling, circuitry and microprocessors that we built at this facility. 
the largest and most complex system ever assembled by humankind. I swooned, not for the first time, at the thought of what we'd achieved here. Right now, beneath my feet, a 30-kilometer diameter ring of supercooled piping stretched away from me in concrete-lined underground tunnels. Soon, in about two minutes' time, as a matter of fact, the machine would be powered up for the first time in history. An artificial black hole would be born, and its incredible power would be harnessed to generate limitless free energy for the entire continent. Is it so surprising that I swooned at the prospect? No didn't think so. I looked around the crowded auditorium. Everyone who was anyone was there. World leaders, diplomats, news networks, the who's who of the scientific community. All were looking at me. All were silent, waiting. Bill whispered to me under his breath, Let's get this over with, Michelle. Funny, isn't it? That no matter how sophisticated the technology, it all starts with a person like me pushing a big red button. Funny, maybe, but today was serious business. Controversial. There was no doubt that my face would grace every screen in the developed world tomorrow morning. But as hero or villain, depended on the result of today's test. Religious leaders claimed we were playing God. Fear-mongering websites published articles claiming that the black hole would consume us all. Mostly, though, the powers that be were annoyed that they hadn't got here first. This project had been my generation's race to the moon. The room was holding its collective breath. The speech is now over. The pomp and fanfare complete. All that was left was to switch the thing on. I looked around before stepping forward. Everybody here looked as apprehensive as I suddenly felt. Someone cleared their throat in the silent auditorium and the only sounds were those of my footsteps approaching the dark control panel. A single flashing LED signalled where I should push, as if I didn't know what every single button in this room did. One button press that would begin a cascade of systems all powering up and changing history. I had prepared a few words, but my throat had dried up, so I simply nodded to my team and reached out to the button. I pushed it. Lights rippled across the desk in waves as if my finger was a stone throw disturbing the perfect surface of a pond. Fans whirred to life 
as the output meter slowly climbed. The facility was generating power. I turned, almost not trusting myself, and Bill's relieved smile was the thing that finally convinced me. There was a smattering of polite applause. From deep inside my chest, a relieved sob escaped. I discovered that I was crying. We had done it. The applause grew to a roar as I found that I was now hugging Bill. I could physically feel the stress of the countless late nights and the years of hard work slip away. The roar was so loud that it was beginning to hurt my ears, so I untangled my arms from Bill's and looked toward the crowd. No one was moving. They simply stared. I looked back to Bill. He was still standing as if he were hugging an invisible person. The space I had just occupied. It might have been a joke, some workplace prank, but he was so unnaturally still, like a freeze frame of my colleague. I felt my blood turn cold. Suddenly the roar stopped, and the silence was so complete that it felt like a physical presence in the room. I stepped back, but there were no sounds of my footsteps on the concrete floor this time. I looked down and saw the after-image of my leg, where it had stood a moment before, hanging in mid-air in front of me. Bill still stared into empty space with his rictus grin. Then his face slid off. No, it didn't slide off. My mind struggled to comprehend what it was seeing. Bill's face was leaving an afterimage, just as my leg had done. He was moving. But instead of seeing it as one fluid movement, I could see his face multiply one copy on top of another so that I could see and maybe touch the actual arc of his motion in three-dimensional space. He looked like a photograph that had been overdeveloped or a reel of cine film. Jammed in a projector and playing over itself in a confusion of frames. One bill, two bills, three bills, four... Now his limbs were duplicating too. His arm didn't move towards me so much as copy itself towards me so that his reach became a solid mass of arm that resembled a bird's wing. I staggered back slowly in disgust. Again, I was shocked to see my after-image remain in the space I had just occupied. With mounting dread, I looked at my own limbs copy themselves over and over in front of my eyes. I looked behind me and saw my own body grow and snake away from me in dizzying complexity. My fear turned to curiosity. Following the snake-like body, my body, I had to remind myself. I could trace the last few minutes of my life, staggering back from Bill, hugging him, pushing the button, before that, walking to the console, standing idly and nervously fidgeting through the speeches, 
walking to my allocated spot on the auditorium's makeshift stage and in through the entrance. I couldn't explain it, but instinctively I knew that my snaking tail continued in this manner backwards in time and out beyond the limit of the room, to my locker where I had left my belongings, through the metal detectors at security, to my motorcycle in the car park outside, home. A huge cracking sound brought me back into the present. Though somehow I doubted if that term had any meaning now. I could see snakes growing out of every individual in the crowd. Soon, the room was a riot of overlapping people, like looking into a writhing tangle of centipedes. There was a crash. Through the confusion of long bodies, I saw the far wall crack and splinter. Glass shattered somewhere behind me and a huge chunk of concrete fell and mashed to the ground. But no one moved. The mass of people stayed completely stationary as the walls came down around us. I ran, or I thought I ran. Even as I panicked, my scientist's mind was trying to make sense of what I was experiencing. I had narrowed it down to three likely causes. One, someone had slipped something hallucinogenic into the champagne before the ceremony and I was now on the mother of all trips. Two, at some point in the last few minutes I had lost my mind. Or three, the most terrifying prospect of all. This was all really happening. Time had stopped after I had pressed that button, and now we were experiencing all our lives at once. I pushed on through the crowd, avoiding the bodies of my colleagues, until I found that someone had bolted past the entrance and created a solid wall of their image that blocked my way. I felt like a rat surrounded by the body of a snake with no chance of escape. The long body of the stranger ended a few feet away from me in a gruesome smear of gore. It looked like a finger whose tip had been mashed by the whack of a mallet. This confused me until I saw the falling masonry smash into the exact spot on the floor where the finger stopped. It was then that the penny dropped for me. The mashed stranger always was destined to end up as a smear on the floor. Reality just had to catch up. I wasn't running at all. None of us were. Because the journeys of the rest of our lives were right there in the open for us all to see. I was simply a consciousness running the length of my snake like a roller coaster train on its tracks. I was running forward to my journey's end, but I could just as easily have been moving backwards. The floor split beneath my feet and dropped away from me. My stomach lurched in anticipation of a fall, but when I opened my eyes I was suspended in mid-air. I should have been looking into the earth, down to our machine, but beneath my feet was only blackness, a black hole. But not only blackness. Something was down there in the dark. 
something just at the edge of my vision that my brain refused to recognize. I saw eyes. So many eyes. And teeth. I made to run again, but I felt a sharp tug from behind, like a rope was tied around my waist and was staking me to the spot. Confused, I twisted and turned, trying to squirm out of whatever had been in its grip. Around me, the room continued to collapse, revealing more of the black void beyond the limits of the auditorium. I watched as huge chunks of masonry and concrete fell deep into the blackness and were consumed by the great mouth far below. And the great mouth grew. Not growing. It was getting closer. I looked around again at the tangled mess of people. None of us were falling. We all remained locked, wound together into a Gordian knot, suspended high above the hungry mouth that was now eating reality itself. I couldn't tear my eyes away. Some long bodies were stretched down towards the mouth, not into it, but a part of it. I looked back at my own tail again. Now that the surrounding walls were gone, I could see myself stretch backwards far beyond the limit of my comprehension. My mind fractured at the unfathomable journey through time. Not just to my home this morning, but far into my past, to my youth, my infancy. An unbroken line of every decision I had ever made, every step, every movement, all the way to my mother's womb, and back beyond that still. I looked down at the mouth again. In my madness, I was beginning to understand. Every long body reached back in their own impossible complexity towards that great mouth. Back through their families and their histories, to the beginning of time. Tales that stretched back through mothers into grandmothers into great-grandmothers. An infinite tangle of lives looping over and through one another endlessly into the past, all leading to the great mouth. Not to be consumed by it, but as part of it. I remembered all the fighting, the arguing and bickering to be the person who started the machine that would change the world. But we were all the same, all part of that great entity, an ancient one. Living out our lives distracted by the inconsequential worries of the modern world, our careers, our possessions, our desires, when actually we were all but whiskers on the face of this ancient being. Whiskers or tentacles. Calmly, I finally realized what it was that was rooting me to the spot. I could see all of my past, but nothing of my future. This was the end of my journey, the very limit of my tentacle. I looked up in time, to see the last piece of the collapsing roof as it rushed down to meet me.
hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Tentacle was written by John Crinan and narrated by Alexandra Elroy, edited by Carl Hughes with music by James URL Jones, Chris Zabriskie and Sam Robson, and sound effects provided by zapsplat.com. John Crennan is a writer and podcaster currently living in London. You can check out more of his work at johncrennan.squarespace.com as well as his podcast, The John Crennan Podcast, where he chats with a new creator every episode to discuss the difficult business of making stuff and getting shit done. Once again, a big shout out to our latest patrons over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver, Robert Murphy, Stephen Prizeman, Salt Smith and RS. You guys are really, really something special. So... If you want to join these guys, you want to get access to ad-free early episodes, monthly exclusive episodes, of which we've just put a new episode up this past week, and get your name in all of the H&C books and more, you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Until next time.